1: There's been one demand, and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about, is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football.
2: You're listening to the State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network, a post-game edition, a victory edition after the Raiders took care of the Houston Texans, 38-20, a win that, you know, when when the game ends and you read the score, 38-20, it kind of lines up with some of our predictions. We had, uh, you know, a lot of us picked double-digit wins, uh, 18-point wins, all that kind of stuff. Didn't quite feel like that, but they did dominate the fourth quarter, 21 nothing run in the fourth quarter. They get the pick six from Deron Harmon, which we'll talk more about that later. But I mean, it's a win, and, and on paper, at the end of the day, it does end up looking pretty good
3: yeah yeah i mean like if you just focus on the result like they handle business all as well um don't don't mind the fact that they were in a a second half struggle with the texans you know because i mean you know that that's really been the issue for them so far is is the end result i mean they look fine in a lot of these games last week or two weeks ago against the chiefs they were very competitive and so all the in-between stuff looked good they just weren't finishing and so that's really been their only issue and so they today they they took a step towards showing they could do that they also did against the broncos and uh, a lot of guys on this team finished a lot of games last year, so I don't think that's necessarily a newfound thing, but just this year's team. And that fourth quarter stretch, uh, Josh Jacobs really carried him home. And then Daron Harmon, the, def- the defense, this is not their best day, but he, he helped seal the deal there with that, that pick six to get the Texans out of here. So, yeah, it's probably had some, some, some Raiders fans butts tight at home if they could see the game. I don't know everybody's located at, but ended, ended all good, ended all good.
1: Tight butts. Um, I was gonna, yeah, just just win, right? That's what I say, just win, baby. Um, they had to win. Uh, they won the, the way they did. is not really that important. Uh, the Texans aren't very good, so I think um, you might be a little hard to get fired up to play them. I think uh, coming off a bye, but you kind of catch yourself and you you play better. I think their offense got in sync and they scored like four straight possessions to kind of put the game away, and Deron Harmon had the big play, so if they lost, it would have been disastrous. I think uh, you just had to win and get to the next stage, which is this big two-game trip coming up to uh, New Orleans and Jacksonville, so they kind of checked the box, and I think that's really all that you can say from this game. You check a box, and and, and you move on.
4: The offense, I thought, played really well. You know, obviously, still want them to score a a couple more touchdowns instead of field goals, but I thought they moved the ball pretty easily, and yeah, you know, again, they're missing one of their um, supposedly their big three guys with Darren Waller, supposedly. but supposedly, um, wow, <laughs> I mean, he just hasn't played like it. I mean, you know, I, I'm a big Darren Waller believer. It's just like he hasn't played like <laughs> it. <laughs> doesn't season. sound
1: like it. Doesn't <laughs> sound like it.
4: Doesn't sound like it. But Josh Jacobs, who is the actual member of the big three this year, you know, performed and. Uh, the thing is, they, they've been running the ball on a lot of teams. Like It's not like they are just run, they just ran the ball against the Texans. They, they've been running the ball against a lot of teams. So this is a legit thing they can hang their hat on. And it's really kind of helped ease the Raiders past kind of the growing pains of learning his offense. And I thought they looked a little more comfortable today. But whenever they needed uh, Josh Jacobs to show up, he showed up.
2: We went into this season expecting it to be Derek Carr throwing the ball all over the field to Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. Obviously, Waller has been in and out. You know, we know that. Six games in, this team has a very clear offensive identity, and it's Josh Jacobs. I mean, he's three straight games now with over 140 yards. He's got six touchdowns on the ground in these last three games. He's on a historic pace, really, for the Raiders. I mean, I think nobody, uh, nobody in team history, right, has had... Three straight games of over 100 yards with a, a touchdown, and he's not—I mean, he's not just having 100-yard games. We're talking 140, 143, 144, 154, whatever it was. This is the best he's ever looked. I mean, he—he he was good as a as a rookie, and kind of took some slides back over the last two years, but this is by far the best he's ever looked. I mean, he is a, a easily a top five, probably a top three running back in the NFL right now.
3: He looks incredible. I mean, he's having like the ultimate. Prove it year. I mean, they declined his fifth year option. He's going into the last year of his deal. Everybody thinks he's going to get split carries. And it's like, all right, what do you got, Josh? And he's not only has he stayed healthy, but he's playing at elite level. He hasn't fumbled yet this season he almost, you know, carried them to victory against the Chiefs, you know. I mean, three straight games, he's, he's really been their driving force. And I don't think that's what anybody expected, not only because of the, his situation, but also just, you know, we, we expected Devontae Adams during Waller, Hunter Infrared It's going to be such a pass-heavy offense and and the offensive line. We had our, our concerns about them. But, you know, with, with him, the thing that impresses me is even when – because offensive line, they, they've I, w- I think we can all agree they've been better than we expected them to be, and they've opened up some holes. But even when the holes aren't there – he's found ways to make cuts in the backfield or fight through tackles or spin his way to extra yards. It's like this, this and he's creating these big chunk runs that, you know, it's really been an issue for him in the past where he, you just don't see those explosive plays and he's really starting to pull that off now. And he's carrying them right now. I mean, he's, he's been, I would say their best offensive player. And, and I'm right there with you thinking he's a, he's been a top three back this season.
4: I really like how the offense is playing off each other, uh, how they played off each other in this game. Like, the uh, Matt Collins' touchdown. It was cover two. Devontae Adams was lined up on one side. Matt Collins lined up on the other. Devontae Adams drew the safety over, gave him just enough space for Matt Collins to make that catch. And then uh, Josh Jacobs' um, touchdown in the third quarter. They were in a spread formation, a three-by-one. And obviously, when you're in a spread formation, and you have guys like Adams and Renfro. You have to respect it. So even though they're in a red zone, the defense had to keep two safeties deep. They motioned in Moreau into the backfield, and then they ran a power, uh, a, like a lead draw for a touchdown, and then later in the fourth quarter, they got a big Renfro uh, completion because uh, they Mac Hollins faked like he was gonna crack block. They would had a little play action play, and even though that corner was supposed to stay deep, he came up and that left the Renfro wide open. So uh, I liked how Josh McDaniels balancing, you know, going to different people and kind of having the uh, the players compliment each other.
1: Obviously they have more confidence, the coaching staff in the, in the offensive line, uh, run blocking and pass blocking. I think Josh is taking advantage of that and really, uh, he's made plays even, with, even when they weren't blocking well. And today they, they blocked well. I mean, we all foresaw Alex Barr's, you know, creating holes for Josh Jacobs in this offense. I just think it um, it's a good thing because I think you joked earlier about the big three, but being our big four. We all thought it was Adams, Waller, Renfro, and Carr. But you're actually better off if, if you're running back is one of those big three or four because you force the defenses to kind of honor you and play closer to the box have more guys up front because you got to try and slow josh jacobs down and and so far they haven't been able to him he's definitely been a force and uh it is pretty amazing how well he's playing and uh what it will all mean as far as contract going forward but um definitely a guy who looks like he's extremely motivated and running very very hard
2: what was it 8.7 million or something i think was ended up being the uh the fifth year option that they turned down um at this point you're 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 probably regretting that I, i would say um you know, he's he's definitely playing himself in, into some good money, and, I, you know, I know we've kind of talked all along that, uh, you know, even if he plays well, that, that money is is going to come somewhere else, but I don't know. Like, I don't think we foresaw him, like, being this good. I mean, this is not just him playing well and earning himself another contract somewhere. This is, like we said— establishing himself as the most important player on their offense.
3: And it's kind of a, this intangible thing that I guess always sounds better after wins, but he's also uh, been a guy that's become more of a vocal leader um, in terms of uh, lifting guys up and, and getting them a lot of energy. He said he was a guy early on in his career. He tried to just stay quiet and make plays and let that, that speak for himself. But he's really, um, you know, trying to bring that his energy and his passion in his life into the rest of the offense. And, you know, the offensive lineman really you know, credited him for that in, in, in the locker room today. Um, And so it's kind of – I mean, you just have a different demeanor, I feel, as a football team when you can put your head down and just run it through the defense at will and they can't do anything to stop you. It just sets a different tone even if you're scoring the same amount of points. And I think it's – you know, got to give credit to Josh McDaniels. We did critique his his play calling a lot early on in the year for – because they've always been running the ball pretty efficiently. They just didn't give – josh jacobs that many carries early on and these teams have just been and this has been league wide teams just sitting these, these two high safety looks and like all right you're not beating yourself over the top this is just not going to happen especially Devonte adams like nope the counter to that is just running the ball and finally josh mcdaniels is like okay well i'll just do that every time and so we've seen that the last three weeks and josh jacobs was on pace to break every record that's ever been been held in, in terms of raiders rushing if, they, if they're going to keep playing this way
2: i don't know do we have to credit josh mcdaniels for that i mean do pretty freaking obvious that was why we were critiquing it because it's like
3: they're they're running the ball well run the damn ball we've seen some stubborn play callers before man you
2: know well let's talk a little bit more about that offensive line vic you you mentioned alex bars and, and you know and i know they uh mcdaniels loved the heads up play where um you know when houston jumped offside that he he made sure he uh he he got the uh the offside penalty and i mean this this offensive line gave up one sack. Uh, Derek Carr, 21 to 27. You know, uh, he wasn't pressured a whole lot. I mean, it's the Texans. You know, we're not going to go uh, over overboard here. It, it was the Texans. But 6.1 yards per carry. And obviously, Jacobs uh, over 7 yards per carry, I think. I mean, we spent a lot of uh a lot of space talking about how how much we were concerned about this offensive line coming in but um it, it continues to be like nobody's going to confuse it as as an all pro unit or one of the best in the league but it's not holding them back
1: yeah you got two rookies who are doing well parms played well fary munford is doing a good job when he's coming in there i think today was their 11th combination they've used up front but uh yeah, it's been. I think we've talked about how it's overachieved. And uh, again, today they did what they had to do. They got the win. So I think the big tests are still yet to come. This this two game stretch coming up is going to be huge for them as far as any playoff hopes go. And you would hope that this O line can keep it up. But uh, for sure, Bars has been very physical in the run game. I think Colton Miller's played well. Uh, he had a nice uh, lead block and the touchdown run today by, uh, by Josh Jacobs, the second one or third one. But. Um, yeah, again, I'll, I'll tip you know tip of the cap to the O line. They played uh, better than we all thought they would for sure.
4: Basically, they just rebuilt this offensive line from last year, just with a third round draft pick and you know not much capital. I don't remember when they they signed Alex Barr into the season. Uh, he was, was that he was
3: uh, one of their first signings actually when they uh, made oh, the really? championship. Yeah.
4: But he yeah he he didn't even sniff the starting lineup until um, later in the season,
1: right? From what I remember. They cut him. They cut him. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, even the first
2: start that he made was like a call up from the practice squad. He wasn't even on the fifty-three man roster when he made his first start.
4: Yeah, and he's not perfect in pass blocking. You know, that's one of his weaknesses. But you know, his physical presence at least gives the Raiders something they could do, and they they could run the ball. Unlike like last year, they struggled. They really struggled run blocking and pass blocking. But this year, they can hang their hat on uh, on the run game, as we've seen.
3: The 11 different combinations thing is so wild, just because I think it's. I mean, obviously, offensive line isn't as simple as just hey, this guys in front of me block them, but there's a communication with the guys on either side of them, and. Especially when they're double teaming in in the run game and at least, you know, I'm no expert, but it it looks to be pretty good for these guys that um, I know they practice together all the time and they mix up the offensive line a lot in training camp, but it's still different when the bullets are flying and this guy gets subbed out, this guy's moving on this side and and these young players that they have rookies and so credit to Carmen Brasillo, the offensive line coach for for figuring this out. Again, you know, I think especially in, in pass protection, we can see that's probably why so much of their their pass game is horizontal and, and quick hitting stuff because they probably don't think they can hold up too long in the pass game. when you can run the ball like that, it, it really you know balances it out.
4: Is this the most snaps that one combination has played together? This is
3: it, right? No, because we saw this is our we started the game with a different one because Jermaine Illuminor, uh was starting at right tackle and that was the first time in the season that they started the same lineup in two games and he got hurt in the first quarter and then Theron Mufford claims in and that creates the 11th different combination so <laughs> we almost almost had some continuity but but not quite not quite but they intended to keep yeah, this line yeah, i think yeah so those five quarters was the longest for sure <laughs> uh,
2: i mean the question becomes now is when do we see opposing teams adapt. I mean, it's it's three games in a row where Josh Jacobs has just run the ball down their throats. And obviously, teams are still going to go into any matchup with the Raiders afraid of Devontae Adams. And, um, you know, if if Darren Waller gets back in there next week and and Hunter Renfro. um, But the question becomes like, you know, next week, do we see the Saints uh, adapt and and start trying to take away that ground game more and and that start opening up some more stuff over the top where the Raiders are able to, uh, to get the passing game going and get some deep stuff going?
1: It's a good question. I, I don't, I'm not sure that it will happen because I think the, the fear of Adams is still so great. Now Renfro is kind of getting in the So I think if you're an opposing team, you still got to be worried about that passing game because the passing game can definitely get you in a bigger hole a lot faster, whereas the running game will take some time. So I think you may still be in improvement mode with Josh Jacobs and this O line. You know what? Do it again. I, I, I saw what you did the last three weeks. You're going to have to show me again because I'm not going to let the Adams beat me deep or, or Renfro in single coverage. So, um, and we'll see and if Waller coming back would we'll obviously change that whole focus because he's obviously a guy you got to scheme against. But as of right now, if I'm the Saints, I'm the great Dennis Allen, I would say show me again. you got to show that to me again. I don't, I don't believe I, I don't know about
3: that. I think it's kind of pick your poison because it's like, you can't just let like, will guy go for 150 on you. I mean, goddamn. Like, <laughs> you go, you're going to lose. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not the goal.
1: But I mean, going in, they're not saying that's the goal. Like, hey, we'll give him his 150. I you was know, thinking you can do a little better than, than these guys did if you're the Saints. But – um
2: i mean it's amazing he goes for 143 and his longest run is 15 yards like he, he's not like he break you know he's he's not building up these big games on you know with 60 yard runs i mean he's just he's never really kind of been that guy that, that is a huge home run threat i mean his longest run 15 yards while going for 143 so he is it's it's like those those 10 to 15 yard those tw- it was like every time you looked up a 12yard run 13 yard run he's just knife and three for those uh those nice little intermediate runs.
4: Yeah, but I think the overall philosophy of the league right now is that we'll give up yards on the ground as long as they don't hit us deep. But there will be a point where they are going to put that eighth guy in a box and they are going to give you single coverage. And uh, when they do, we know the Raiders have the ability to to punish them deep. Um, so I think the Saints will eventually bring that eighth guy in a box. And, and when they do, we'll see what corners they have out there this week. If Marshawn Lattimore is there or not that'll make a big difference to you know how much they are willing to play a little more one-on-one and outside
3: yeah i think if teams do sit back i mean i think that's really best for the raiders with their situation right now is just to be able to kind of have this ball control running the ball offense because defense is concerning like it's, it's it's looking a little rough over there and so if they you know want to avoid ending up in those shootouts because they don't think they can stop anybody a good way is just to limit their opportunities to get the ball which you know they, they did. I would say today the defense still put them in a tough bind. They're going into the second half, but you know, as weird as are, this, are we
4: going negative and talking defense? No, down? I mean we
3: can, but like I was just saying, as even though like obviously they want to throw the ball, these you know Devontae and Darren and Hunter, it's almost better for them to have their offense be run first in this way, given what they have on the other side of the ball. What's supposed to be the strength of, of Josh McDaniels, right, is that
2: he's adaptability, right? He he can, he can doesn't have just like a single type of offense that he goes with. Like he's supposed to be, you know, have those specific game plans. So I think that's what's going to be fun to see the rest of the year is everyone expected him to be an explosive passing game. Now they're just killing teams on the ground. It's going to be a fun chess match to see how other teams try to adapt and then how he adapts to them. Um, it's set up to to, to to be kind of fun to see what this offense can do and what they can ultimately be.
4: And we saw some of that in the fourth quarter. We saw some play action opportunities open up, you know, out of wide open running down the middle that Hunter Renfro play in the fourth quarter. So we saw a little bit of it. And and like you said, you know, Josh McDaniel, that's one of his expertise is adapting and having that counterpunch.
2: We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist
0: with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone?
2: All right, so the defense—it wasn't great for really the first half or first three quarters. Uh, Davis Mills was was carving him up. Uh, I mean, end of the day, Davis Mills finishes with 302 yards passing, couple touchdowns, um, 7.4 yards per attempt. But it, it was even higher before uh, b- before that fourth quarter and and before Deron Harmon got him
3: for that pick six.
2: Concerned, um, or do we just say, hey, at least they, uh, they they found a way to get it done?
3: No, I'm concerned. I'm concerned i'm concerned this is texans is like davis mills was like picking them apart it's davis mills like he's he's like he was throwing the guys were like literally the, I, don't, I don't feel bad saying it's like i have to look at their the, thing, the roster and be like who's who's number four who's 15 like they they losing these guys getting wide in coverage and they were lucky to only give up 20 points honestly because they were moving the ball you know with these i think at one point they were averaging over seven yards per play and they just don't have the offensive personnel to where that should be happening and you know, even though they lost Nate Hobbs, um, you know, he's on short term or maybe short term IR. Uh, I still think their defense should be better than that, especially going against a team like this. And stuff. So it can't stop the Texans from moving the ball pretty much at will, even though they, you know, they, they held them to field goals, I guess. But you still let them move the ball. Like when you, when you go against these better offenses that they're going to play, um, you know, moving forward, uh, this defense, they got, they got to figure something out. It's has been bad.
1: Yeah, they were trying to blitz, and they were getting killed, Mills was picking them apart when they blitzed, they weren't getting home, I think they had some lapses in coverage, they looked like they had no idea what a crossing pattern was a few times, they definitely got hurt by that play, and uh, yeah, I mean, Harmon had the big interception at the end, the big pick-six, but before that, their safeties were not playing very well, I thought Merrick really really struggled in this game, so... Yeah, if we're looking at things that should concern you about this game going forward, that would definitely be the one. I think the pass defense today—if if teams double Max Crosby and you uh, you know don't get the other guys home, however Jones or, the, or by blitz, then you're going to have some trouble with that pass defense. So I think that would be the biggest concern uh, heading into this trip.
4: There's two reasons why they might have gone to a blitz-heavy game plan: is one, they're just trying to get the ball out of Mill's hands and hoping that. That'll kind of cover up the issues in the secondary. Or two, they thought the Texans were gonna leave extra guys to help Crosby and they're trying to, you know, get a little bit more pass rushing and some one-on-ones for those guys. But they just had so many blown coverages, and we didn't see that many blown coverages last year because the system was so simple, but there were so many blown coverages in this game. One Averett couldn't get past a rubber out, and that led to a touchdown. And the second big play when it was it looked like just a regular cover three Maureen had a f- had the flats, but for some reason he let the guy just go right outside of him for, for an easy gain. So these are mental mistakes that are a bit concerning. I mean, you kind of, we could say that you could erase these mistakes and clean these things up, but if you watch the Rays for a long time, uh, we've never really seen uh, these kind of mistakes get cleaned up throughout the season. So it, it is a concern.
3: Yeah, it's, it was some, I think some, just in terms of who was, who was playing over who or, or how these snaps were split, I think there was some interesting... Developments like I see, like, uh, or Deron Harmon definitely played more snaps than, than Trayvon Merrick, which was a little surprising.
2: Yeah, Harmon played all 65 snaps. Uh, Merrick played 49. Did not start. He came off the bench, and Jonathan Abram played 54. So all their safeties played quite a bit, but Harmon every snap. Uh, Merrick only 49 of the 65.
3: And then Klee Farrell only played two fewer snaps than Chandler Jones. Like Denzel Perryman played like half of the defensive snaps. So like, I mean. Yeah. Seems like they they're willing to make some pretty dramatic rotational changes as they're trying to figure this out. It's not really working. <laughs> like I don't know what the what the answer is. Um, but the, yeah, so this I, I, I don't know if we we think it's more of a personnel issue with with the defense or a schematic issue. But rotating all these guys. I mean, they they try a bunch of different stuff. We see them moving guys around, different alignments, different coverages. And so I think you know we and I've written about it. I think they just might not have the guys on defense this year, and might be something they have to try to overcome as they move forward.
1: Losing Hobbs, definitely you lose one of your few playmakers. I mean, uh, obviously Crosby's a guy, Perriman's made plays, and I mean, Harmon also makes a lot of plays for them. So I think that that's about it. I mean, I can't think of anybody else, top of my head, who makes, uh, you know, makes big stops or kind of can get the ball in a turnover or kind of uh, make a momentum kind of changing play. So I think... Um, you saw today Hobbs definitely was a big loss and uh, you would I think averett might be better he had you know he was off all his time his first game back maybe he gets better next week maybe it was rust. I don't know but he didn't play very well today so definitely uh, concerns on the, on that side of the ball
2: yeah I mean I think just Merrick in general right that that's a little bit disappointing because he was kind of one of the guys that we we counted on as as being solid and you expected him to to kind of have that year two growth and and we haven't seen it
3: yeah, it surprised me like I, I looked at some of his, his coverage statistics I and mean, he has like the worst coverage stats on the team so far. And like I don't think m- many people would have believed you if you said that he gets benched before Jonathan Abram at some point this year just based off of expectations going into the year. And so, yeah, but I mean, it's I guess you could view it as a, as a, a good sign that the staff isn't afraid to bench guys that even if they they're highly drafted or they pay them a lot of money, but. Still, you still use that capital on the, on the players. So you would hope that they, they show a little bit, a bit better growth. But it's really all three levels with the defense, like whether it's the pass, pass rush outside of Max Crosby, not really getting home. I believe they only have one sack today. That was when when Klee Farrell and, and Chandler Jones combined for that sack. Run defense has, has really been the only like standout positive about the defense. Everything else has been bad, pretty much.
2: Crosby finished with eight pressure, so I mean he was kind of his his normal self. Didn't get home, but uh, but he was he was there around uh, around the quarterback.
1: And Charlie Jones first first, first half, uh, sack. half sack of the year. Him and then uh,
2: and Clee Farrell are, are tied for tied for third on the team in sacks yeah. with, with a half yeah. I think. Third.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's not, second is Hobbs with second? One. Hobbs has one with one second.
1: That's, those are the only sacks on really the sad, team. Those are, only, wow.
3: those, those are the only. That's it. No more sacks.
2: Wow. He's tied for
0: thir- yeah, he's so tied third. Yeah, tied
3: for
2: third. For third for the team at Saks. that's what he was hired that's what what the side would be you yeah, know come on uh, All
3: right, positive right, we're getting we're getting too dark big picture big picture
2: i mean they're they're two and four end of the day blowout win they win by 18 38 20 they have this two game road trip coming up where they head to new orleans and jacksonville um you know jacksonville you know kind of was a fun story at the start of the year they they kicked the chargers butt and and now they're they're really kind of you know come come back down to earth Saints are not very good. What we've known all along is that this is the time to kind of put up or shut up. Can they carry the momentum basically over from the fourth quarter? You know, they can't play like they did in that first half. It is their first win off of a bye. What, in in six years? I think they had lost their last five, lost five seasons coming off the bye. Um So I think that's the question, right? Is can they build off that fourth quarter and and take that on the road? And they kind of call that that mini training camp bonding experience where they, uh, you know, go away for a week. And can they come back four and four?
1: Well, they probably didn't host the Texans the last five years after the bye. So that's probably a big part of it. But um, I I guess this game doesn't mean a lot to me. I don't really. It doesn't give me more confidence. They're going to turn around. It doesn't give me less confidence. I mean, they took care of business. Uh, the defensive issues definitely are alarming. the offensive you know success second half is definitely a, a great sign that the offense keeps getting better and uh, the lions gotten a little more confident so to me though it doesn't really mean much to me. I, I don't think it makes it any clear what's going to happen in the next two weeks so it's the biggest you know, biggest stretch of the year by far and we'll see how they respond. Do
3: you do not get any credit for beating the Texans? I'm sorry, not really. I mean, it's, it's this is always going to be a game. Like if they manage to lose this, it's over. It wasn't really going to be any sort of referendum if they if they won. But I think you know, I mean, the way that the ASC is, is shaking out, everybody's pretty close together, and so there's. While they got, they're off to a bad start. It's not like they have to make up this huge gap when it comes to getting back into the playoff hunt. But they have to handle handle business against the teams that they're supposed to beat, and they looked like that in the second half today. But the first half, they still look like a team that could still lose to anybody. Which you know, and these teams, while they aren't the best teams, it's not like they're just pushovers. Like it's, Texans are by far, I think, the worst team that they're going to play in these next few weeks, and so they got to be better, especially on defense, if they're going to turn this to any sort of streak. You know, what I mean, it could just turn out how the you know the Broncos game did when it, it was up and down isn't going to help them at this point. They have to be able to string something together, and to me, they haven't shown that they're consistent yet. And you have to have consistency to put together the kind of streak they're going to need to to make a playoff run.
1: It may be a small asterisk, but uh, you know the lost their best defensive player pretty early on. Mal- Malik Collins, the Malik Collins revenge game didn't didn't, didn't happen. So uh, or did I guess it did happen? I don't know which way you look at it, but. Uh, yeah, he was definitely a big loss for them. They were in, in the game, and I think he may have made a difference, maybe. I don't know. Who knows?
4: The Saints could move the ball. So, I mean, with, with the way the defense played, it's not a given that, you know, the Raiders could beat the Saints. They, they could move the
3: ball, and I, I wouldn't count on Andy Dalton throwing, you know, three picks. That's, you know? that's wild <laughs> that we're not concerned, that we're concerned about Andy Dalton potentially here. That, that's crazy. It happened, I mean, it, but it's Davis Bills
4: looked pretty decent for a I, while. I know,
3: kind of how we always look at this Raiders team
2: they think you're gonna have to score points to win and over the last three games they're averaging 33 points per game they put up 99 points in their last three games thank you thank you for ending this on a positive note that's what we always kind of expect. like nobody of our age is conditioned to watch a Raiders team play and play good defense. So you know most seasons going in that it's going to have to be a, a thirty point per game type of offense. And, you know, the last three games, they're they're thirty three points per game. So um I think you have to to kind of look at them as as settling into being the offense that we expected them to be and if they can carry that forward. the AFC West, which was supposed to be this gauntlet, is exactly the same AFC West that it's been every year for the last five, six years. The Chiefs are by far the best team and are going to win the division. And it's the Raiders and the Chargers that are going to be battling it out for second place this year. The Broncos are terrible. Um, Russell Wilson has made them worse. And the Chargers lost by would lose by two touchdowns to the Seahawks at home today. I mean, come they on, did what? The, the, <laughs> A, that's, a, that's, <laughs> a, that's a bad, that's that's a
1: bad that's a loss. I mean, yeah. I mean they've lost right.
2: by they lost by what twenty one at home to the Jags and by fourteen at home to the Seahawks. So the Chargers are not anything special like they were supposed to be. I mean, I don't know how they have Justin Herbert and they they can't win games. Like they are a complete enigma to me. Um, they lost JC
4: Jackson for the season. And not Mike that he was Williams, well
2: anyways. Mike Williams, uh, you know. Pretty significant ankle sprain. He did tell our Daniel Popper he he will be back this season, but his ankle sprain looked pretty bad. Um so, I, mean, I, I see no reason why the, the Raiders can't finish as a second place team in the AFC West at this point still. I, I think I think that's
3: definitely on the table. They're in it. They just gotta I mean it sounds overly simple, but like they gotta beat these teams that they're better at. I feel like until with maybe the Chargers game, I feel like they can all these teams they should be able to I mean the Seahawks, Seahawks look pretty good. So I would say the next the next three or four games. Like they like again, they have to come out of this stretch over five hundred. There's really no excuse if they're a team that's serious at all about anything. They have to come out of the stretch over five hundred, and it's a pretty good chance that they do if they keep playing offense at least how they're playing right now. All
2: right, we are gonna have a, a nice little soundbite drop. of, of Vic uh, yelling out tight butts. I think that's gonna be the uh, the, the, the number one soundbite to come out of this uh, <laughs> come out of this podcast. I think he, he let out a tight butts and then just win baby. That was that was a nice sequence. Vic, I, I enjoyed that.
1: Did I really yell it out? I'm not sure. All right, that's fine. I guess you some turn the volume up, I guess. sound like I yelled it out, but uh, there you go. Tight butts. All
2: right. The Raiders win 38-20 to over the Houston Texans. They are 2-4 and four on the season. We'll be back later this week to get you ready for the Raiders, heading to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints.
1: All right, y'all. Adios.
3: I have butts on my mind. Tight
1: butts. Just win, baby. I have butts on my mind.